distance Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match us Here's how we practice Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, this is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. This week we're doing... A Late Night with David Letterman versus Late Show with David Letterman. Yeah, we... And, uh, and our constant attempt to be cop- uh, one week le- uh, late topical. Yeah, and sometimes even more than one week late topical. But this time I think we're really nailing it. Like, it's exactly. probably the closest we've gotten to being actually topical. But uh, we, to be fair, we wanted to watch the the final episode of the Late Show with David Letterman, so it's impossible to do that before it airs. Yeah. So we watch. Well, for some people, it is. I I, I bet for uh, I bet for your rich celebrities, a la Sean Penn, he got to see it before it aired. Typical liberal. We watched the first, the very first episode of Dave's NBC late night show, and uh, the very last episode of his CBS show. And in the meantime, I watched a bunch of clips, but that's neither here nor there. I watched uh, I watched the second to last show of Dave too. Yeah, that was fun. With Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. Who and was... uh, just you watched the just you watched the very first episode of Late Night that also had Bill Murray, and I guess you noticed that he used uh, David Letterman used the exact same introduction. And I watched them out of order, so I didn't realize he was doing that. So when I watched The Late Show with David Letterman, I was like, why the hell is he mentioning Where the Buffalo Roam? And then as you watch Late Night with David Letterman, that's the introduction he gives to Bill Murray. Nope, I did not even notice. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> the only reason I noticed is because he, meant, he mentioned Where the Buffalo Roam. I'm like, well, that's not the first thing I would think of. Yeah, so he didn't mention like Groundhog Day or any or Ghostbusters no, or anything? No, he, he, on, the, on the Tuesday night show, he said, his, uh, he, yeah, the exact same the introduction exact. from <laughs> And then after he said it, he said, I, I don't know why I'm saying this again. Like he said something like that. And I, you know, went right over my head until I watched the, the late night. So the that first, was, yeah, I watched him out of order. really too. cool that they did that. That was really fun. Bill Murray was uh, super drunk, apparently, on that episode. Oh, and the, 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 the last late... one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Dave kind of mentioned, I guess he was drunk on some morning show the next day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read about that, yeah. And I, I didn't see it. And then Dave, uh, on the final show, when Bill Murray came out for the top ten list, I don't know if you heard Dave say, I saw you on TV, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dude's funny. But uh, the first episode, yeah, I was very trepidatious watching the first episode of Late Night. Or, wait, was it, what was the first one? Was it Late Night or The Late Show? It was Late Night first, with David Letterman. Late Night, yes. Because I was like, oh, I bet this doesn't hold up, you know, because uh, it's 82, and and I just thought, oh, I bet the humor doesn't hold, but it did. Oh, it totally did. I I was I was I wasn't so worried about it holding up. I just thought I knew it all, because I know I, I I definitely remember the scene of, of Bill Murray doing Let's Get Physical, which which is funny, but it's not nearly as funny as the early Bill Murray. I, I think he comes out and he's not sure he wants, what he wants to do. And he just kind of gets the crowd to get excited about David Letterman. <laughs> and then he just turns on this paranoid uh, uh, stick. Where... Yeah, he turns, he, yeah, and he turns on Dave and 
really funny. And then the Letterman handles it so expertly. It's like it's 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 the first episode, and I mean, I we we know we did the morning show before this, but it's the first episode of this iteration of, of a talk show, and he just handled it like so expertly, just letting the the like the joke ride, and then just going back to the straight laced questions. Yep, it was so funny. And I yeah, I was really shocked at actually how good it was, and he was like it. Well, we. I think we've mentioned it briefly before. Um, it's kind of hard to remember at this late date, but how uh, how massively influential Dave's humor was to yeah, and like I, generation of of people into comedy. But I mean, not even on that level for sure. But even for on a personal level, I had forgotten how much I loved this show. How oh, much I, I loved, like, loved it. Yeah, I watched and, it. I you know I was young and I watched it every night. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I would go into school the next day and talk about David Letterman, and some kids would watch it too, so that was fun. But the other kids were like, how do you stay up so late? And like, how can you not? This is awesome. <laughs> and so uh, uh, in the process of watching clips, I, I watched the episode with Tom Hanks, which was Monday night, the last late show with Tom Hanks. And then I wanted to watch the last episode of Late Night, and I found that on YouTube. And I turned it on, and I and, and it starts, and, it, and the opening of that show had like the – like the, the the camera, the study cam going through this the streets of, of New York and then into an apartment with like the dog is sleeping and like it's just like a as a sleepy New York City. And as that played, I was like, oh my God, I remember this like I watched it yesterday and I have not watched this show for at least twenty years. <laughs> I mean that's how much I watched it and how much that opening stuck with me. And yeah. Even, and the last late night with David Letterman was really funny. So yeah. It's No, it's crazy how things stick with you. But it even from this, the very first episode, um, you can tell it's like, well, especially if you're around at the time, it's so different to anything else that was going on on TV, but, especially late night. Like when you had Johnny Carson, who was just very, he was fine, you know, he was good, but he was like old establishment kind of, right. you know? Yeah, and they're not doing stuff like, what do you want to see on late night television? The melding of metal, <laughs> which was so funny, <laughs> just having the welding there, just absurd. And I, I think what's great about Letterman, and I, I, what you don't see now, is that it's so ad-lib. What's that? Impromptu. Yeah. There's a lot of impromptu going on. I mean, I think some of it really isn't impromptu, and it's it's set up, but I think a lot of it is. Like, the, the whole bit with Mr. Wizard, Mr. Wizard, Mr. Wizard, was just him coming up with stuff as everything went along. Yes. And, uh, so, and it, but it's absurd, but it's, it's not on the other side of absurd. Like, I love Comedy Bang Bang, like, the, the TV show, but that's way, way, way broadly absurd. Yes. And the thing about Letterman was it, it could still be a straight show, and be absurd at the same time, which is so awesome that the, that they were able to to walk that line for so many years. I, I think by the time he got to CBS, he didn't do it as much, but he still did it, and he, he certainly did a lot more than Jay Leno and even Conan O'Brien on his, not on his, not on uh, the late night, but Conan O'Brien's Tonight Show and Conan O'Brien on TBS. They're funny, but it's not nearly as absurd, not nearly as subversive. I mean, yeah. as subversive as you can be when you're in a corporate owned. I mean, it's not truly subversive, but for what he's doing, it's subversive. Right. Well, I th- I mean, I think it actually was kind of subversive at the time in 82 when he started. Um I guess, but it still it still was on network television. It still was but I in its way it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm that's what I mean. There there was nothing but network television and this was like the most kind of out there comedy that was that was around at that time. Right, right. And you you see it even from the the very first episode like he's kind of making fun of the whole idea of a talk show and of himself as a host and, 
and all this stuff. Yeah, it was really good. And I remember, like, like when I was watching it way back, he used to have Andy Kaufman on a lot, mm-hmm. doing his, like, crazy-ass shit, and he had people like uh, Brother Theodore. I don't know if you remember him. No, I don't. I know a lot of people talk about him. I remember Kmart the Magician, though. And Kmart, Another yeah. weird, weird thing he had on. And he had... Uh, Apparently, I didn't know about this, but he had Harvey Picaro on a lot until one time Harvey Picaro went on too far and Letterman just got pissed off. Yeah, I remember having him be it on, um, his wheezy voice, uh, <laughs> and I still didn't really know who he was, you know, back then. Uh, but and of course Chris Elliott, yes, uh, who who was started as like a page on the morning show, something like that, and he he begged to not begged, but he really wanted to be a part of the show, and he you know, how funny he was. So it's, it was a, a good addition. Yeah. It, it was, uh, it was definitely like kind of a, this is the new guard, you know, to Johnny Carson, who was the only other late night talk show host. Anybody knew at the time. Well, yeah. I mean, they tried other people, but I don't think had a show about, about the same time as Letterman, I guess, or maybe a little bit before that was supposed to be competing with, with with uh, Carson and that died pretty soundly and Dick Cavett had a show but that was I mean that's a great show when you look at clips from that but it was a different kind of show yeah Dick Cavett's more intellectual yeah yeah it's hard it's difficult to compare those two I think the in the thick of the night was supposed to be a straight comparison and it's not really well remembered I never saw it that's for sure I, yeah I thought that came later but I, I it was really pretty... I thought it came about the time I, I might be oh it was 83 to 84. Oh, so right around the time. Yeah, right yeah around the time. well, it was terrible because Alan Thicke's just not funny and not no, yeah. charismatic, really. <laughs> and I, I, I've, I've never seen it, but I imagine his interviews with celebrities were more about Alan Thicke than the celebrities. <laughs> well, yeah, and even Dave's interviews with celebrities weren't necessarily... Well, like this Bill Murray one. <laughs> it wasn't about anything. No, it, well, that was... I think that's what he liked. I, I had read an interview with Merle Marco, uh, his girlfriend at the time, and head writer of both the morning show and late night with David Letterman. And she talked about how he, he loved people who came on that didn't have something to sell. And they just had, he didn't know what they were going to do. Like, I, I mean, he walked off the stage of Crispin Glover, but that was the kind of thing he loved. Yeah. I, I think he just went a little bit too far, but like Andy Kaufman going on doing whatever he was going to do. Like the, the story is Letterman talked about Andy Kaufman, where you looked in his eyes and you didn't know who was there. Right. And, and that was absolutely true. But Andy Kaufman, was there, but he didn't want anybody to know who was there. Well, he, yeah, and he loved Andy Kaufman. I mean, he was oh, a yeah. definite champion yeah. of Andy Kaufman. I don't. And think... I think that that's a big reason why he, he agreed to be in that movie. Which movie? The 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 movie the bio, the biopic of, of Andy Kaufman. Oh right right. Yeah yeah, and and uh, Jerry Lawler was. Have you heard, listened to that dude at all? That Bob Zamuda. No, really on podcast. He just seemed like such a fucking asshole. It's it seems like it's thirty years where he's living off of Andy Kaufman's fame. It's exactly what it is, and he's now he's doing a thing where he's like trying to insinuate that Andy Kaufman's still alive and blah blah. blah. Stupid. And you're just like, dude. Well, the thing that that's a shame of it. I mean, it would be funny, but then you hear the family talking. They're like, just they want him to shut up. Yeah. Like. <laughs> well, he seems like an obnoxious asshole too. That yeah. It doesn't help things. No. But uh, yeah, it was nice to see uh, when Dave on the final episode, which we'll talk about, when David Letterman was showing the clips uh, that he would showed Andy Kaufman and yeah, talked yeah. about him a little. But uh, 
But yeah, I thought this episode was was super funny. Actually, the first episode. Oh yeah, it was really funny from the start when they have the the announcer saying, "Coming to you from one of the best cities, the tri-state area, New York." <laughs> yeah, and the the welding, like you said, uh, you mentioned briefly, they he did like a man on the street thing where they were asking people what they wanted to see on late night, <laughs> and everybody said, "I want to see metal joined to metal or whatever it was," <laughs> yeah. and then they would just show clips of a welder in the studio, like. At, right before commercial breaks it was yeah. <laughs> with the little overwritten of what kind of welding was being done and uh the other thing with the opening the uh he comes out and there's a bunch of showgirls in peacock outfits and <laughs> what's funny is he's walking through them and they didn't they must not have rehearsed it correctly because he has to ask them to move yeah. <laughs> and he jumps out of the way when they almost almost like poke him in the eye with the peacock feathers it was really funny well, and I, I think like we've done an episode on Saturday Saturday Night Live um, early, yeah, and I think that the, like that was kind of you know a new ish kind of comedy at the time too. But I feel like that comedy was not; it was more about like shock value a lot of it, and like talking about taboo subjects and and uh, just you know being like seeing how far they could go with innuendos and dirty jokes or whatever. Um, where Letterman was actually like a kind of a new kind of comedy yeah i think i agree with that it was i mean he definitely has the like the sardonic side but there is also there's more to it than that i think some people especially later in his career where it's like almost 100 percent 100 percent bitterness i think they miss out on the, the the absurdity and the just like making fun of tv itself yes which was a big part of this episode Oh yeah, I mean in the in the opening, like when they come back from the first commercial, where he's he's let me give you a back a, a background tour of the of the studio, and he goes into the Mister Wizard and getting makeup on, and he says, "Hey, love your show." And he says, "Hey, back," and he says, "That's Skip Stevenson from." I mean, who knows what that is? I don't. I kind of remember the name, but it doesn't matter. You get the joke, right? <laughs> and and yeah, he he goes into that green room, which is actually like a bunch of plants. Yeah, that was of, really a great joke because and then. I mean, the green room is where the where the the actors stay before they come out on stage. But I don't know if that's a common like now it's common. Everybody knows that. But I don't know if that was commonly known then. So if it was just a joke for people who knew were in, or like it was an inside joke and uh, people on the outside are just saying why are there plants in this. So it's a joke <laughs> of two levels, is what I'm saying. It's really funny. Yeah, and then he made that joke about it. he's like it's it's strange to see this many vegetables in a <laughs> in a uh, network TV show that aren't in programming. <laughs> And then they go into the the control center and, and it's like a Oktoberfest party, but it really was a control center because the director's there and you see him as they go to commercial where he's saying change camera. So that was really funny too. Yeah, yeah. Which is an, is it something? So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the late show later, but I didn't not because I don't like the show. When I see clips, I laugh. I just didn't for like the last twenty years. I didn't really care about late night television, so I never except. For Conan O'Brien, I didn't take the time to watch Late Show or Tonight Show or any of that stuff. Same. I don't like either of them. I just didn't. So as I'm watching it, I, me- I noticed they're not mentioning Hal Gurney. I'm like, oh, I got to look this up to him because that was a big part of Late Night. He would go to Hal Gurney like multiple times during the show to have jokes. Yep. So uh, the fact that he not only was he gone, but they didn't really do whoever, whatever director took over from Hal Gurney. They didn't do jokes with him was interesting to me. What what happened to Hal Gurney? Did he just just retired? Oh There's yeah, nothing... makes sense. I mean, he was old back then, so yeah, yeah. Well, I was surprised how young he looked in the first episode because by '88, which is when my prime 
viewing started like 88 89 when i that's the years i really remember letterman that's what i was watching every night for sure because that's about eighth and ninth grade he looked much older he had like oh, in that first episode he had like a full head of dark hair so. <laughs> yeah he only and he only like barely mentioned paul schaefer and the band in this first episode he like when he yeah. was walking by him which yeah. was weird yeah <laughs> And it was weird because, you know, later he's it's like that's a big part of my, my good friend Paul and the world's most dangerous band, which I don't know is a, if that's a CBS thing or if that's what they're called on NBC. I really don't remember. I don't remember. But, but uh, he also yeah. I mean, he would talk to Paul Schaefer every episode, you know, oh, yeah. Paul Schaefer became kind of his foil. But like, yeah, there was no interaction on this first episode. Something I've read an interview, not an interview, like a, one of those those pieces where they, they hang out with the, with someone for a couple of days and they write about it from Esquire that came out in like 81, right before the late night, right before he got the late night show, but after the morning show. So after the morning show was canceled, they NBC paid Letterman an enormous amount of money not to work for anybody else. So this guy was just hanging out with him as he went to comedy clubs and just kind of, uh, you know, practiced or you know, whatever they call that, just to yeah. keep in keep in keep it whatever and he was he was working on writing stuff with merle marco and just hanging out with with him but what i didn't realize at the time was uh he was regarded by members of the press as the heir apparent for carson so even before he took over for late night with david letterman he had been guest night shows and he was a like the the person who carson had picked at that time before before even the controversy came later to take over for him so that was pretty that how how high in the estimation of of studio people he was before he took over for i mean before he started his show and i think it was kind of brave of him to do a different kind of show yes with, with, where he was talked about as the heir apparent and he's going out and doing something entirely different yeah total 180 from the tonight show and what i also didn't know is he was not allowed to have a sidekick and he was not allowed to have a full band and he was not allowed to do a full monologue oh all because of carson yeah, that late in, entire run with late night with David Letterman, he wasn't allowed that stuff. He still had a mom. wasn't as Carson's. It wasn't what? As long as Carson. Yeah. Uh, well, Carson yeah. This this guess. first episode, he like barely had. He had like maybe a thirty second monologue. Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of cool. Um, well, yeah, that was fine with me because what I loved about late night was the and something that. Did, I think he stopped doing because he wasn't c- comfortable doing it. I, mean, I guess as his fame expanded, it was harder to do. But the the man on the street stuff, where he interviewed people, the famous one is one of my. Just thinking about it makes me laugh. So, uh, where he goes to uh, just lamps, just no, just shades. <laughs> so what do you sell here? And they say shades. And he says, Anything else? <laughs> just shades. And he, he says it long enough so the person gets pissed off, and then he says, "So did you ever think of selling anything else?" <laughs> Went to another store that's called Just Lamps or something like that, and he asked the same questions. And Meryl Marco talked about that, how they find, like, she would look in the Yellow Pages looking for places like that. That they could mess with. They could mess with like that. And she would write a bunch of questions for him before. And then he'd have their own questions, and then they'd edit it all together afterwards. And that was part part of her job was putting that all together. And they always did a great job. And that was, I think that was one of the best things about the show is when he did that. But then later he would start doing other stuff where we would other have other people talking for him when right. that wasn't quite as funny, but yeah. So this episode, he didn't have that as much, but he did have shame of the city, which was really funny. Yeah. And it, it was also that kind of humor that like, 
in a way makes you uncomfortable. Like when he's talking about the misspelling on the hot dog stand (laughs) and you're like, Oh God, dude, he's actually like talking to one of the people who works there about it. What was great was the guy didn't have anything to say, but I'm going to fix it. Yeah. (laughs) But the, all, all of them were like seeing the city, this farce, which was just Christmas trees being sold has burned down. (laughs) We don't know what happened, why these trees fell down. Yeah. It was ridiculous. (laughs) And then the the last one was just that this is our entire police department. One guy, <laughs> right? It's some dude in a booth. Well, I yeah, it's so weird because <laughs> I mean now what he was on the air for thirty something years, so I think it's easy to forget how groundbreaking he was originally, um, and and just you know how different it was back then, how different the culture was and everything. I uh, think it sucks that Leno got this night show. I mean, I don't have any as much problem with Leno as the rest of the world, but I think it sucks. But in another way, I think it's awesome because I think Letterman on The Tonight Show would not be as interesting as Letterman on another network. Nope, I agree. And that, I mean, it's a shame that he really held on to the, the bitterness of, about not getting The Tonight Show for a long time, and he might even have it now. Well, there was a, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. it in the yeah. other thing. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, that wasn't an example of bitterness. That was really funny. But that anyway, was funny, yeah. Uh, but it, it drove a lot of humor for the first like 10 years of late show was a lot of humor was driven by that. So it's, it's pretty cool. I think it sucks that Leno got it just because Leno was funny in the eighties. And then he, he just kind of became a super hack. Yeah. Oh, well he became what they wanted him to be. It's right. Like he, he was, was definitely a, a company man. Yeah. And, it, and I, I, I have never seen it, but from what people tell me, Leno's stand up is really funny. And uh, it's not it, you can't compare it to what he was doing every night on Tonight Show. Like if you see him in Vegas, you're gonna laugh the whole time, which I believe because I remember Leno before he became J, became became the Jay Leno we know, like the the hated guy when he used to guest on Letterman. He was a really really Hilarious. funny dude. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I agree with you that on that to that I think that lessened what Jay Leno. I mean, it didn't lessen his bank account. Although from what he says, he never he never cashed the Tonight Show checks, which I I think is hilarious if it's true. I think it's ridiculous if it's true. Why? I don't know. You could at least I, cash him and give that shit to charity or something. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I imagine that, I mean, he doesn't have any kids, so I, I imagine when he dies, he's going to have this huge nest egg to give to a million different charities. Let's hope so, yeah. Because it doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just, I mean, he, if he was going after wealth, he would have been cashing those checks and not living off of his stand-up money. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he bought a million cars, but Right, Whatever, yeah, man. it's not like the dude's not wealthy, let's... No, yeah. no, I mean, he's... But I, I, I just feel like... Anyway, I just think that's funny. Um, yeah, th- well, I was... I want to go back and watch some more early Letterman now, because... Oh, it's worth it. I watched... I mean, not, a, not, not whole episodes. I haven't watched any more whole episodes, but I watched bits and pieces, and it's so funny. It really does hold up. I think, like, this episode we watched was funny, but I do think it gets a little bit better as he gets kind of more in mind of what he wants to do. Because Meryl Marco, that's another thing she was talking about. They, they had a lot of trouble finding writers because people wanted to be funny in their own way, but it, what they were looking for is someone who could be funny and smart, but funny and smart in Letterman's way. Like his, they mean yeah. To use his voice. So that's one of the things, like, uh, somebody asked her, do you regret not getting more women writers into the writer's room? And she's like, yeah, but... There's a limited amount of people who came in, and not everybody could find his voice. And I was living with him 24-7, so it was easy for me, but it wasn't easy for other women who came in. So that was part of the problem. But uh, So I think after a few years, he found what he wanted to do, and it got like it got 
like laser spot on good. Yeah. I think the early years were more spotty, but it was still f- funny in that in that they were doing things that you couldn't do on television, like just so just things that you could do because it was so late at night. And that, that's what I don't like. I mean, I hate that I don't like the guy that's on there now. What's his name? Seth Seth Myers. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I feel bad. That I don't like him because Amy Poehler has so much good good things about him, but I just don't find him that funny. But on top of that, I don't like that late night has become so saccharine. So like, uh, yeah, it's what's the word The uh, just like so clean. There's, there's not going to be any mistakes. It's, everything is written to the, to the T there's anything that looks like it, it's not supposed to happen was written like that it was. Yeah. And that, that's not true of the, of the Letterman years. That's not even true of all the Conan years, Nope. but, but definitely, I mean, Jimmy Fallon was really funny, but his was the same way. There's nothing, every piece is where it's supposed to be. I mean, that's a part of the Lauren Michaels being there, but yeah, I don't, I don't like that as much. No, I agree. Well, that's why I don't watch late night anymore either. You know, sometimes I'll watch clips on the internet. I have to admit though, I, I'm watching these late shows. I, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I mean, maybe it's because it's the last week and this is going to be really good, but I, I found it really funny. Yeah, me too. We're not talking about that yet, but, uh, but yeah, the late night stuff, it's just, it's, mind boggling to me that I forgot how much I was into it at the time because I mean, we talked about get a life and get a life is both of our favorite shows ever, but without, without the late night, get a life never exists. I mean, Adam Resnick was a writer on late night and Chris Elliott comes from late night. So it literally does not exist. Yeah. Well, I think Chris Elliott wrote there as well. Didn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, I I should have said that. Yeah. Wrote and performed. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and we both loved Chris Elliott on, on late night. I mean, that was some of the most bizarre shit. Yeah. There, that's, his... I mean, I talked about this last week, how you should, you should seek out his stuff. It was, it was super bizarre. He would, and what was great about letter, uh, Chris Elliott's uh, bits on Letterman is that he was, he was not a scheduled guest. So Letterman wouldn't say, here's Chris Elliott. He would just come in from the other side. Right. So he would just interrupt whatever Letterman was doing and do, you know, man underneath the stairs, which he wouldn't come out. He'd just come out of the stairs or he'd do the, that fugitive guy. And it was just so funny. Yeah, and well, that was another another different thing about Letterman is the people he would have on his show were not necessarily uh, like he would have normal people that he just found funny. Yeah, on the yeah. show, like Larry Bud Melman, who was couldn't read a line to save his life. <laughs> He's in part of the first episode. Yeah, <laughs> he was the first uh, uh, first person you see when the when the show starts. <laughs> I would like to go back and watch. I mean, I I don't know if they did, but I would like if I would love it if they had done it like a dedication episode after that guy died i don't know if they did or not but that would have been really neat yeah i, w- I would imagine they would have like why Hopefully. wouldn't they yeah uh yeah and and then you know then later he incorporated like biff and other people into the show who was on the morning show as well oh was he <laughs> yeah I, I didn't know that until the what the the last show that last episode of late show where he oh maybe it was the second to last but that last week he says he's been with me since i started so yeah, which which was a break from just the standard uh, guests and like maybe occasional dumb skit that you know Carson did. Yeah, well, exactly. What was great about the things like using Biff was, I think most shows would have a Biff character, but they'd use an actor. But no, he was really a stagehand. Yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, I I know he's gone on to do like other shows because of his fame on letterman but that's not what he was doing originally so that's really fun yeah and i don't i mean i'm not trying to like shit on johnny carson i watched that show too but 
it was definitely more of the Bob Hope school of jokes and, you know. Yeah, and I think Johnny Carson worked better when he he actually worked better with guests. I think his skits sucked. Yeah, oh, they did, he, yeah. He had that stupid thing with the Topango Canyon or whatever, the Sepulveda, the, the joke where he was talking about roads all the time. They just, I guess they weren't supposed to be funny. There was, you're supposed to laugh about how hacky it was, but I didn't find them funny. Maybe I was too young. Yeah, yeah. But when yep, he had well, guests I... on, he, he had like, fun like he used to have buddy hacko and that was usually pretty funny he'd have fun with the guests like uh, rickles was on there a lot too so sure no no he was a great interviewer that yeah that segment was what made him i think um but dave was too but in a different way yeah yeah, yeah. No, i think he brought the funny out of people oh if you're if you're looking for old letterman you should there's a there's a great interview he does with deborah winger search for that on youtube and everyone out there where she's just she's ripping on him the entire interview and not not in really bad ways just in little subtle ways and it's it's such a it's a little bit different than the like the julia roberts or other like superstar actresses who would like fall over all over him and it was much more interesting okay yeah i could i could see that um she's kind of prickly i feel like I, but i don't think she was like she wasn't she, being mean she, she was, was being funny yeah. yeah well you can also find this first episode on youtube um, yeah, yeah. There's, I guess you found the better version. I, I, I couldn't even find it. I didn't look that hard. I just didn't think the whole thing was on there. But you found two versions. One wasn't that good. It was pretty terrible, yeah. Yeah, this this one was fine. This was perfect. I, oh, it looked like it was taped later. Off yeah, of like when the they trio. were rerunning them on, on whatever. Yeah, that trio yeah. network, yeah. Which, which I remember. I do too. And I, I, I don't remember, actually don't remember one trio. I remember them on, I think, E at lunchtime. Oh, because I I would I did watch that I don't know when that was I think it was right right about the time when they changed when he left NBC and he was pissed off about them hearing his stuff. Well, yeah, I it's highly recommended and and uh and the Mister Wizard bit I liked that he had fun with Mister Wizard without making fun. I think sometimes he would go too far and make fun of the people, but I think in that bit he didn't. It was like a good a good it was, it was both sides. Like yeah. He was making fun of, of what was going on without making fun of, of the guy himself. And the person, it yeah. seemed like he actually liked, like, maybe he watched it when he was a kid. I don't know. It seemed like he liked having him on. But I looked it up, and he was only on once more. But still, once more, I, I like to find that clip because that was probably pretty funny, too. Yeah, well, he didn't have a TV show anymore. So, I mean, it, I guess it makes sense that he wasn't on that much. Yeah, but, you know, they were looking for people to have on. They're having Kmart of the Magician. You'd think they could have had him on. Yeah, that's true. He, he did have a TV show, though, at that point. He had. Right after this appearance, and I don't think it had anything to do with it, he started a show on Nickelodeon that was just the same show he used to have, Mr. Wizard. Oh. Well, yeah, who cares? He always had good guests. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Wizard, those kids. What's that? Yeah, Mr. Wizard, yeah, had great guests. All those all those uh, dirty little shitheads. Oh, I thought you were going to say mongrels. I was trying to think of... I didn't want to say Rugrats because that seemed like an idiot word to use. <laughs> um, uh, do you have any other late night memories? I had a, a, a letter on the show once. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me. He actually read your viewer mail. Yeah. I didn't uh, get what was promised, but I sometimes I, I speculate it was because my handwriting was so bad. What was the... Yeah, well, it's too bad he didn't grow up later. When I mean, they don't even teach handwriting now. <laughs> I don't need to. What, what was what was the gist of your letter? I had written a letter, and I had like recently before writing the letter, I I had listened to a radio program that talked about uh, 
subliminal uh, ads like in movie theaters and stuff. So I wrote a letter where in parentheses, I, well, the letter was, I want to, I want to write to you about subliminal letter writing and then in parentheses, send me a lightning baseball shirt. So throughout the letter, I would just talk about subliminal stuff and then in parentheses with that. And then his reply was nobody's an idiot to fall for that. And then they showed Paul Schaefer putting a lightning baseball shirt in a box. And then they have Kevin Young coming out doing Mr. Subliminal. And he's saying, if you ever steal one of my bits again, I'm going to sue your ass. <laughs> well, the, the uh, it's good to know to me that um, he actually read real letters because I always had wondered like is your mail real or is it just like you know fake written letters? <laughs> yeah, because some of them I, were so out there. I was like, well, maybe the writers did this. I, yeah, that's. What, I mean, I think my letter came across as written because they had the, the setup with Mister Subliminal because they my letter didn't air for like two or three years. It was after Mister Mister Subliminal got big, so they must just had a bunch of letters and they'd put them in stacks and what to what to do with them. <laughs> Because when I wrote the letter, like I think maybe Kevin Neal was on Saturday Night Live, but it wasn't a big character because it wasn't what my – I was just basing it on that like that radio show I'd heard. Because my friend and I had sit, sat in my room and we watched – we wrote like 10 letters. One of these is going to get on. And then it aired years later and somebody called me and said, you know you are just on TV? And I was like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I had to like – get somebody to get me to like somebody a friend of a friend of a friend had taped the show and that's the only way i was able to watch it <laughs> what year was that around i was that's around 90 91 <laughs> that's pretty cool man yeah yeah your claim to fame obviously <laughs> not this podcast oh I, I was hoping this would become it but nope oh actually no it is the the, the director of Whatever that movie knows about us, the movie we talked about with oh, Michael yeah. Morris. Oh yeah, some whatever it was, drag queens in space or whatever. Yeah, called. let's call it that. I don't see why not. Um, all right, well you want to take a break and we'll talk about the uh, latest episode. I kind of don't, but okay. Oh, all right, you want to keep going? No, I just I don't. Do you have? I just like to think about late night with David Letterman it was so so much fun, but I can't think of anything else to say unless you can. Yeah, we'll probably talk about it more. In the, yeah. Uh, in the next segment, anyway. Oh, how about uh? Do you remember Gerard Gerard Melligan, the writer? No. He was he, he was somebody who I think he came back. He was a, he was a late night writer, and he was the guy with the beard. You'd often see him in clips with Chris Elliott. It was like the the heavy guy with heavy set guy with the brown. Oh beard. yes, I do. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. And uh, he was funny too. I don't know if he went on to do other things or if he ended up still being a writer for Letterman, but he was really funny on the show and as a writer. Yeah, yeah, I totally remember him. Uh, no, he, yeah, he had a great, uh, I don't even want to say cast. He had a great team. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Did, and Meryl Marco never like appeared on screen. Like he interviewed her later, you know. Did he? Yeah. I remember seeing her on, um, I thought that I, you know, I, I would be really surprised by that. Cause I thought they had such bitterness because I read, like, you can read the iterations of how she gets over things because there was like an interview from a few years ago where she wouldn't even say his name. Really? And then more recently, he's, she's she talks about him, but uh, the, but the interview I read was like uh, they broke up. Like I guess he he was whatever they broke up about the same time as he was going from late night to the late show. And the person's like, well, were you following this whole Jay Leno David Letterman fiasco? She's like, this was right when we broke up, and I wanted to see. I didn't want to see like like you can imagine the breakup. You don't want to see the person you were with, and it was impossible not to. So I tried not to see as much as I could, and it was really annoying. That it was so hard to do. 
So I didn't know that. I, I know she was on The Daily Show, and she was funny on that. She's a really funny person, and I read a long time ago. I forget the name. She had a, a book of short story or book of of uh, anecdotes, I guess. It's something about dogs. I forget the title. I don't even remember the book really well, but I just remember laughing all the way through. Yeah, so. she's great. Well, maybe it was all just a beautiful dream. That she, but I feel like she was on an episode. We'll, we'll find out. I mean, we won't let anybody know on the episode, but we'll find oh, out for we'll, our we... own selves. Um, all right, you want to take a break? Yeah, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation. Transubstantiation, Brian Stuckin's creation, the land of the Thracians. And right back to the start, it's gonna take some All right, we're back with the late show with David Letterman. Last episode. Yeah. Which was which was actually pretty good. Um I thought it was perfect. I thought yeah. it was awesome. And I think it was like it was probably good for fans of the show now, but it was also fan people like us who were fans back then and haven't watched for a long time because they had a mix of both. Yeah, yeah. And and it was actually funny like i it's not that i am now like oh i regret not watching it for so long because i don't think it was like the episodes that i've caught here and there it almost well i think i've said it before like it seemed like he was too too revered and like every excuse me every joke would get a standing ovation you know yeah yeah whether it was worthy or not and well just in doing like i looked up the YouTube clip of him telling this, this, like he had the, the, um, he was exposed for having sex with interns. I don't know if it was interns, but people that worked for him right. in 2009, he was getting blackmailed and he told the story on the show and it was kind of, it was like, it was like he was having trouble getting the story out, but he had to do it. I don't know why he had to do it. Probably just to get ahead of the story. So the tabloids weren't all over it. Right. But the way the people reacted was like you're saying he was so revered. They were laughing through the story because they didn't know if it was serious or not. But even when the truth came out, it was just like it was really kind of weird. Yeah. With the reaction to it, and I think that's it's what you're talking about. He was he was too, it yeah he was too well regarded. Yeah, which was totally at odds with the persona he was trying to go with on the original show. And the persona he still goes with. I mean, even in that last episode, the funniest parts were the, were the self-deprecating, yeah, deprecation with the with the president saying that our long national nightmare was over, which was excellent. Yeah. And Obama, uh, saying, this is a joke, right? And just doing the, the shoulders. It was just <laughs> funny. So, and then the Wheel of Fortune bit was funny too. Oh yeah. Good riddance to David Letterman or whatever it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I'm glad that it was actually funny. And and somehow there's a show that makes Jim Carrey make me laugh and laugh hard and probably laugh hardest of all the top ten jokes. Well, because 
Jim Carrey was basically making fun of himself. Yeah, yeah, and he had no problem doing it for Letterman. Yeah. I like Tina Fey's thinking, yes. and, which made me, the, the reactions and stuff made me think that, like, each guest wrote their own thing for the top ten list, but I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I don't either. I, uh, either way, it's it was funny. I like Joe Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah, and then Seinfeld's reaction. Yeah, which was, I mean, that's why I think I, they must have known, because that reaction looks so pre-planned. Maybe, maybe. Although, although Jerry's not a great actor either. <laughs> maybe, who knows? What, wait, what was Tina Fey's again? I forget. Uh, it was something about. Oh, uh, oh yeah, you, you, you I'm glad that you, men could be funny. Yeah. Yeah, you proved that men could be funny. Oh, and Chris Rock's was good too. Yeah, that was. I'm glad you gave it to another. You gave the opportunity to another white man. <laughs> white man in a suit. <laughs> yeah. I did like that uh, Letterman. Had at least one, you know, thing to Colbert saying he's he's looking forward to it. So I mean, like he didn't have to. No, he kind of had to, but he didn't have to. So I'm glad he did. Yeah, same here. He he said he thought it was going to be a great show. And um, it's it's like I think I thought well maybe Colbert will be in an episode in the last couple months, but I think they couldn't do that. It had to be all about Letterman. That's the same reason Leno didn't go on. At least he says that's why he didn't go on. But I think that's why because him appearing on on the show now and the last episode makes it all about Leno and doesn't, you know, it's not about Letterman. Right. Well, yeah. Which it has to be. Yeah. And the, but only, it's nice to know that Letterman invited him. Yeah. The only problem I had actually my, my recording cut off before the end, um, which pissed me off. But the only problem I had with the last episode was that they had the Foo Fighters on as a guest. Uh, because I, that seems like kind of a shitty band to have on your very last episode, but it mine cut up my episode cut off before they were even on. So, well, that's too bad. That was well. Did you hear why he? I mean, that that's his favorite band. And when he came back from heart surgery, he the like the talent scout asked him what does what did he want for the first episode back, and he said it'd be really great if the Foo Fighters could come on and be doing this song because it's really helped me through my rehab. And uh, they called the Foo Fighters, and they were like, well, we're in, on tour in South America, but we'll cancel the tour and come back and do it. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, the first episode cool. back, that's why they came on. That, I mean, I think he really likes the Foo Fighters. So they came out. So it's, you should look it up. It's all on YouTube, the clip. The Foo Fighters came out and did their song, but it was a, on top of a montage of scenes from from Late Night and from The Late Show. And just it was like the entire song was covered with like 56 different clips. And most of them were just still images, but there were a couple actual clips in, thrown in there. But it was everything. There's there's bits with Chris Elliott. There was Terry, a picture of Terry Garr. There was Larry Bud Melman. So everything you would want to see from the old sh- old show was in there. Oh, so it was oh. really cool. So, and I don't remember the name of the Foo Fighters song because I don't know Foo Fighters songs really yeah. well. It's oh, um, that's nice. Well, so yeah, it was really cool. I forgot about Terry Garr on the old oh, show. Oh, Terry Garr was great, incredibly good, and I. From what I understand, she has MS, so it was, there wasn't much chance she would be on the show. But ah, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. But she was incredibly fun on the show. Yeah, she she was always awesome. And Dave had an obvious crush on her. <laughs> yes. And you know who else was great? And I don't know what he's up to now, but Charles Grodin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent guest. I think he's got MS, too. <laughs> yeah. More oh. stupid. That's good to know that... Uh... That that's how they did the Foo Fighters, and it's good to know why they had him on. So did you did you see? Uh, did it cut off before he did all the thank yous? 
it cut off in the middle of the thank yous. The thank yous are pretty cool. They weren't maudlin, but it was nice that he got the word out to everybody. And there's a bit where he thanks his wife and his kid. And I, I, I had imagined that his wife was like a mod, looked like a model, but she was just a, you know, an attractive regular person. But his kid looks so, so shy, and he did not want to be on TV. He just kept looking down. <laughs> did, did you see that? Or is I, that? Nope. That it cut off before that. God that damn it. Sucks. But uh, so that one. So then after, like, he kept going back to Letterman. He was laughing uproariously at his kid being humiliated for being on TV. But then he said, <laughs> and I also want to say something. So next to his kid was another kid, and his kid would have like a huge smile on his face as as his friend was being, you know, on TV. And then after that, he said, let me also introduce Tommy, whatever the kid's name is. And then Letterman's kid was like delighted. He had this huge smile and he's like patting his friend on the back saying, yeah, he's on TV too. And it was really <laughs> cute. And I thought that was, that was nice that like mostly Letterman never, never showed emotion. I guess when he came back from the heart surgery, he did, he talked about the doctors and how they shaved his life and all that. But mostly he just kind of, you know, he just was going for the funny. And I thought it was nice that he, he didn't like, he wasn't like he was choked up or anything, which is much better that he wasn't because it's like, yeah, it doesn't know. fit with Letterman. No. And it was, it was just cool that he thanked, he thanked some people specifically and any other people just in general, like he thanked all the writers who were smarter than him. And he thanked the people like, Bef- that's when he said Biff Henderson, I, who I've worked with since I started on TV. And so he really, I thought he did a cool job of mentioning everybody that was important to the show over the years. And I, I like that. And I think sometimes that kind of thing can go over the top and be too like, to, to, almost seemed fake but it didn't seem fake in this instance it just seemed real well yeah it seemed real because he's not ever like that right yeah yeah did he mention meryl marco no that's i was hoping he would by name but he didn't uh Uh, but i uh, this was something i wanted to talk about chris elliott i didn't see the whole clip so i i want to go back and watch the whole thing but his last appearance he was actually sincere and i've never seen chris elliott being sincere oh me either so he said, he said to Letterman, you, you're the reason I met my wife, and because of that, you're the reason I have kids, and I have that to thank you, and you're the reason I have a career, and I have all that to thank you for. And then he followed up by singing some, I forget what the song was, but some sultry song. So that was he <laughs> followed up by being funny, but I'm really, I kind of think it's cool that he did that, but at the same time, I'm disappointed that it wasn't just the usual Chris Elliott disdainful interview. Like I would have loved a Chris Elliott interview. It was like, thank God you're leaving. Would have been much. Yeah much more what i remember elliot for but i think <laughs> i think i think he, he I, well he's there, after he can 30 be, years yeah. yeah he can be real but yeah. that was that was last month i think i don't know i don't i thought maybe it was last week but i think it was longer ago than that so i'm surprised that he was not on the last episode but i guess i guess when you think about it chris elliot is kind of a blip I, you and I think yeah. of him as a huge part of Letterman's career, but he's just a blip in the early part of the career and as far as the late show goes he was a a guest now and then but Overall, he was not a huge part of it. I mean, Regis Philbin was probably a bigger part of it by now. Yeah, no, that's true. Or Julia Roberts or somebody, yeah. Yeah, well, who wasn't on the show either, but her picture did show up in that montage. Um, yeah, I think my favorite joke was, uh, we kind of alluded to it before, I think, I guess it was during the monologue where he said, uh, uh, I guess I don't have much shot at the Tonight Show now, huh? <laughs> and based on that joke, I... I the night after the night after Letterman last Letterman aired, I, my friend came over. Right? We hung out, and you know the the actually the guy I wrote the letters with, and he says, "I guess you're never getting that late night baseball shirt, huh?" So <laughs> nice, nice thirty year or twenty year callback by him. Yeah, it was w- very well done. Last show. Um, yeah, I was. I thought it was great. I I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. 
it was like tailor made for me because it included the bits of Letterman I love the most, which were him talking to kids and talking to real people. So they had the, a bit from I don't know when where he t- he talked to a bunch of kids, and that might have been the funniest part of that the show. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, that, that was the yeah. kind of stuff I used to love. Yeah, yeah, and then they had a bit where he w- he was working at Taco Bell. The same thing it was hell. It's also hilarious. And if you can do it, another thing for people out there, there's the original clip of that that episode where that aired. And what happens in the episode, they, they stop halfway through. There's a bit in it where he's talking to a woman. The woman gets pissed off and drives away. And this this, this, this really fun guy says, she's gone, chief. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so they they stop the Taco Bell and then they open up the curtains on the stage at the Late Show. And the, the guy is in a car on stage and he says the same thing. And then they close the curtains and they go back to the Taco Bell pits. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where that makes it a little bit funnier on the original. But it was, it was kind of cool to see it there. So what I liked that they did they did whole bits. They didn't like try to do a montage of little things. So you got the whole context of the bit, which makes it a lot funnier. So if they try to do a bunch of man on the street things and have it out of context, they do that sometimes clip shows like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not nearly as fun. So what they, what they, they lost in having showing a lot of stuff they gained by having a lot of laughs. Yeah. It was good that they, that they just kept it to the one bit. Yeah. Yeah. But the the kids were hilarious. They might have mixed stuff in with the kids because some there was like a hockey rink one and one just like in the back office. But yeah, and then one with like science kids in the studio. Oh yeah. right, yeah, I forgot about that. Which is like it's kind of like the Mister Wizard stuff. So maybe you like that so much you brought the kids in to do it. Yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, and then they had the backstage stuff, which was which was again. I think that was more like more of a a thank you. Like let's show back the people working backstage and as a thank you to them. But it was also really funny. And it was, it showed the letterman really still had it with the jokes they had him doing. Like he was doing the, the correspondence dinner. He was doing the, the, the voiceover for that, like off the top of his head, which, and it was really funny what he was saying. Yeah. And, and one of them even said, maybe we should just cut out the middleman with the writers and have yeah, you do yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, but uh, yeah, he did a great job. And then the, just the, like the, in the office bits where he's like, yes, Somebody died doing that. That was funny. Yeah, it it totally reminded you why Letterman was great. Yeah, and I think, I mean, like I said, I don't, I haven't watched many episodes, but from what I understand, and people have told me, he he wasn't doing that as much, where he was just doing like off the top of his head stuff while he walked around, and I think that that was a loss. Yeah, yeah. No, but, it totally was because the first episode is, it starts out with some of that. Yeah. 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 And it was always what he was great at. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I liked seeing the old clips from the morning show, mm-hmm. which I had never watched. No, I, 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 don't, I think it was hard to. I think he owns the the rights to those, and it wasn't easy. Like on YouTube, they might be there a little bit, but there's not whole episodes or anything. But that sounded like a a, a great fun fun thing to have seen if you were just happened to be unemployed and watching morning tv right i know i was gonna say i'm sure i was in school so oh i i, I don't know when, when that was on but 80 to 81 i think is that what it was i thought it was even before that but yeah i was first grade so yeah yeah I but uh, that reminds me of something else i remember from late night that that came up in the clips was the monkey cam that was oh god yeah shit. Oh, I loved that kind of shit. 
Oh, and we talked about Chris Elliott last week, and you talked about him impersonating Marlon Brando. What I forgot about him impersonating Marlon Brando was he did the banana dance. Yeah, as bananas. part of his impersonation, and that was so funny. So I watched a bit today where Chris Elliott played Chris Elliott Jr., which was a Morton Downey Jr. knockoff, and it was as usual stupid but funny. And they have audience members asking, you know, in quotes, audience members asking questions, and then one guy says, "Are you going to run this uh, character in the ground like you did Marlon Brando?" <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I I need to go watch some of the older clips. Um, but I I thought the choices. I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but uh, oh, go ahead. The choices they made for the celebrities to do the top ten list were fun. I guess maybe I would I would made some different choices, but I liked it what they did. It was everybody was really funny, and I loved how 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 Letterman was fawning over Peyton Manning. That just cracked me up. <laughs> And that's actually rang true. It really felt like he's he's in awe of him because he's an athlete. Yeah, his favorite got a Super Bowl for his favorite team, so that was fun. Yeah, he was going all over Peyton Manning, um, going on and on about him. And then he goes to Tina Fey, and he's like, "Thanks for coming." <laughs> and who was the who was the last? Oh, Bill Murray. There's nobody else they could have chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Bill Murray, what's going on with him? Tom Hanks, you didn't watch that episode. I watched every episode of last week. I hadn't watched the ones uh, last week, which were supposed to be really good too, the, including there's a bit where George Clooney handcuffed himself to Letterman so that he doesn't want him to go off, in the, off the air, and he stayed on the show the whole time, and then he showed up the next night still handcuffed to him. Which was <laughs> fun. But uh, Tom Hanks was really funny on his episode. He told a couple bosom or just one bosom buddy story, which was, which was fun. He even mentions Peter Scolari. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's nice that they were go, both going deep cuts. I hope he had something good to say about Peter Scolari. Yes. He said, thank God for Peter Scolari. Let me borrow his car. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'd meant to watch uh, all the last week's episodes, um, but that was the only one I missed. I mean, it was only three episodes. Um, I forgot to record Monday nights. Yeah. I was lucky that uh, I guess Wednesday night I was like, I bet it might go over. And I, so I taped the James Corden show or whatever the the, the show that comes out after Letterman. I taped that as well. Yeah. I, uh, I did think on the Bill Murray show, well, we're, you're talking about earlier, the man on the street stuff, when he had Rupert go out, um, I thought that was pretty hilarious when that was was really funny, but it like, it just feels different where when he has someone else doing it. So it kind of feels like he's, he's using that guy to humiliate himself instead of just him him going out and being humiliated. By sure, his, but he can't do. I mean, there's no way he can do that. Yeah, at I this guess point, people are know? just. Oh, yeah, but it, no, you're right. It was really funny, and it was also, it's funny how like he's using similar jokes. Like, so Rupert comes out and sits down in the. And Letterman says, "Well, thanks for dressing up," because he's wearing like sweatpants and a t-shirt. Right. And he uses like, almost the same joke with Bill Murray. He's like, you know, another thing is I didn't say anything about you not wearing a tie with the. With yeah. The late... <laughs> yeah. Uh. No, that was that cracked me up too on the Bill, and it cracked Bill Murray up. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, what I wonder is how Bill Murray ended up being that first guest. Like, did he know Letterman from the morning show? I or think he did because they okay. ki- he kind of almost mentioned it, but Dave cut him off or something. Uh, yeah, but I I just thought that the Rupert doing that um, <laughs> messing with people on the street thing it was another one to me. I was like, oh. Letterman still got it when he wants to. Oh yeah, I agree. And then the the other thing with that was, I think most some of the time I have problems with that kind of thing because they're kind of making fun of people. 
but I didn't think he was because what was what ended up happening is Rupert was just sincerely asking these questions, and the people were overreacting so hardly that they were basically making fun of themselves. Right. Like the woman with the, with I mean, with first, the water. Well, first, before the water, she was just being just kind of rude rude before that and then with the water it was like obviously you don't want someone with the finger in there but when he comes out with the with the, the, with glove. the glove letterman yeah letterman still has it yeah <laughs> yeah i thought uh i thought it was a a great wrap-up i mean as good as you can have in an hour for you know 30 years of tv mm-hmm. oh yeah 30 plus years 33 yeah uh and even more well 35 if you count the morning show yeah <laughs> Of oh, 30, 33 19 episodes, <laughs> to be fair. Okay. <laughs> oh, was it only 19 episodes that morning show? Something like that, yeah. Jeez. And was that like a daily? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That really got the axe quick. Yeah, oh, maybe I'm wrong with 19, but it was it was quick. Because it said it, it won some Emmys, that morning show. but It did? Yeah. And was critically acclaimed, but it had no audience. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he found his place on on late night. Um I look forward to Colbert. I just hope I mean, if there's anybody who could revitalize late night TV, I would think it would be him. Yeah, I guess that's what you have to wonder if if he wants to. Like like we said Letterman was so brave to be the heir apparent and then do late night which was an entirely different show than everyone expected. So, it, what is Colbert, Colbert going to be able to pull that off at the you know this this time period that it's so hard, eleven thirty, the where it's like a big money maker for the network and all the all the people want to have their movies being broadcast. I mean, not broadcast, being advertised on Thursday night. I don't know, but yeah. I, I think he can do both. I really do. So I, we'll I'm say. hoping so. I mean, I I also feel like the network kind of knows what they're getting with Colbert. Yeah, yeah. So. But but on the other hand, um, I'm sure they have a lot more a lot more say in in you know how the show is run than than the people at Comedy Central were probably right. just like do yeah. your thing you know. Yeah. So the David Letterman show ran from June 23rd to October 24th, so more than 19 episodes, but but not, not very long. It started 90 minutes and then went to 60 minutes, <laughs> and then went to zero minutes. Well, eh, it was it was our gain in the end. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he could have ended up becoming a Regis and he ended up becoming someone Regis makes fun I mean someone who makes fun of Regis. Yeah. Yeah, it's not he's not really made for morning T V. No. I I you know, just going back to Colbert, I I'm really excited about it. Uh just just to I don't know, I it, he's just such a, a smart guy. I just I'm excited about what he comes up with. Yeah. And I, mean, I feel like I I think I I've never done it before, but I think I'm going to try to go see the Colbert show. Like oh, you should, yeah, it. yeah, that would be awesome. I uh, yeah, I the like I don't know Jimmy Kimmel. I don't really care for so much. Which one? Uh, no, I don't care for Jimmy Kimmel. Although the again, I think everybody. I didn't see Jimmy Fallon do anything, but Conan O'Brien had a really nice tribute to Letterman on the night Letterman had his last episode. And then at um, like at the point where Letterman's episode was starting, he had the, him and Pat Oswalt said, "Everybody turn the channel, don't watch us, watch Letterman." And then Kimmel had a nice tribute the night before. And this is what I'm what I meant about Letterman not breaking up. But Kimmel was actually starting to cry, which is 
I don't know, stupid. Yeah. But I guess people do have emotions. Anyway, he he had a nice tribute to Letterman. How it's like he grew up watching Letterman. He was obsessed with Letterman. His first car got the la- the license plate late night, and he was just a huge fan of the show. And then the reason he got his show is because people saw him guesting on Letterman. So he's like, thank you. And Conan was the same the same kind of thing. Is like he had the Conan, the late night with Conan O'Brien was at like nothing, and really turned around when Letterman wrote to them and said he wanted to be a guest on the show. And it was because of that. He's, he, I mean, it wasn't because of that, but it, it gave him like a boost in confidence that he could do it. And it to kind of turn the show around. He's like, the show was shit before that. Like the first couple months of the show was like, he was in over his head and didn't know what he was doing. And that really helped him out. And I thought that was cool that they both had tributes that were, that were nice. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, to go back to the negative, I don't really care for Jimmy Kimmel either. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I think what's neat about him, I don't watch the show, but what's neat is that he does try to do different things. Like the whole thing with with uh, Matt Damon is pretty funny. Yeah. No, he can be funny occasionally. He has funny stuff once in a while, but on the whole, I don't I don't think he's that funny. But and then Jimmy Fallon is funny, but it's kind of it's kind of it's like it's made to be YouTube clips. Yeah. No. Exactly. It's, it's it it doesn't feel like a a whole. It just feels like. This, we're going to do funny parts and then we're going to do something else. It just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, it, I can't complain because it's, 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 it is funny. It's better than, it's better than Jay Leno, but it's, it's not my favorite thing. So, no, well, and I, yeah, I think he and Seth Meyers both seem nice and, you know, they both have, obviously have, um, comedy chops, but I don't, I don't care for either of their shows necessarily. No, I think, but I, overall, I would say found is a lot funnier. Yeah, I think so too. I remember he had, uh, I saw a clip of Paul Rudd and him. No, I think it was just Paul Rudd uh, lip syncing to a Queen song on there. I guess he occasionally does that where he has people lip sync to a song, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty yeah. funny. But yeah, I don't watch him, um, but I will watch Colbert. Yeah, I definitely will watch. The, I mean, we're going to do the an episode about the first episode of Colbert for sure. Yeah, and, and like with that kind of thing, you also have to give it time. Yeah, but... That's definitely true, but I think you can usually see where a show's going to go with the first episode. Because even with the first episode of Conan, which wasn't great, I think you saw that something good was going to happen. Yeah, you. He he was again like he was kind of doing more what Dave did than what anybody else did, where he was trying to do something new with late night. Right, he was doing what Dave did, but not what Dave did. He was trying. Right, to do right. His, he was yeah, doing his yeah. own. Yeah, where everybody else has just been kind of let's let's keep the format that's been in place for sixty years going. Yeah, so that's what I mean. When we see the first episode of Colbert, I think we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see seeds of what's gonna what's gonna come. Promise, yeah. And hopefully, it's it's stuff we like. And I I, I can't imagine it won't be. I mean, he's such a funny dude, and he's such a smart dude. So we'll yeah. say. And and even if the he is like placed under all these restrictions, you know, from the network, I can see. I mean, he would be able to find a way around it and still make it work. So. And I think what's important is the way he's going to be different is going to be entirely different than the way Letterman was different. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because he doesn't have the same, like, s- sarcasm, sardon. Sar- it's more it's more sincere, and that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different sensibility. But the- And, and the, all, the other difference is going to be seeing, seeing Stephen Colbert being Stephen Colbert, and that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, man, I would love to see an hour-long show of the Stephen Colbert character. <laughs> uh, interviewing guests but yeah no i i i don't know i think i think he chose the right time to leave it no you're right but do you think 
part of the reason he's been so like away is because he wants to like wash that character out and just come back fresh as his as himself. Maybe. Um, I think he's probably also you know just given Dave space to do his thing. But yeah, but I mean, he hasn't even appeared anywhere. Yeah, it's, he's, it's weird. Dude, he's probably just fucking relaxing for once. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Although, probably not. He's probably like working with his writers like day yeah. and night to get the show whipped into shape. Yeah, I mean, there's there is a lot to do when you think about it. There's 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 coming up with what they want the like the vision for the show, which is an interesting idea. But there's also coming up with what the show looks like as far as set design and all that. And I mean, I, I, I bet that's an enormous amount of work. Yeah. I, I, and he seems like a, somebody who's into work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they're starting in the, the same studio. So it's going to be really interesting. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad Dave got a chance to stick around. What do you think? Do you think he'll just never be on TV again? He might, he might do cameo appearances or maybe even guest spots on other people's talk shows, but I can't. I I think he's done. Like he doesn't yeah. need to do it anymore. No, no. I mean, I know when Carson stopped, he talked about if he found something, he'd do it, but he never found anything. But I don't know if Letterman's even talking about if he found something. He might just be done, done. Yeah, I think he's got a young kid. He's an old man. He probably just wants to enjoy the rest of his life. Yeah, that's true, but I think if he did a Christmas special, it would be hilarious. It would be. Yeah, I mean, who knows? He also he also has that in his blood. Yeah, so, yeah. So who yeah, knows? yeah. You got to think that you're doing this 33 years. You you might want to come back five years later, but then again, he's 68, so five years later, he's in his 70s, and maybe he doesn't want to come back. Yeah. But he does look good for 68. He looks really good, especially for a guy who had like triple bypass or whatever he had. Yeah, he looks better than I do. Dude, <laughs> oh, he looks much better than, than I do. Way younger than he is. He looks much better than I did at 30. Um, all right. Yeah, that does it. No, not a lot of uh, not a lot of funny in this episode. No, I think it's like the Get a Life episode where we're just, just in tribute. awe of how awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think the when we talk about the Colbert episodes, probably I'm hoping on the safe side that it's going to be the same kind of thing where we just talk about great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to do now and then. Mm-hmm. Our next episode is going to be... Uh, in the thick of it versus Veep, right? Yeah, and then yeah. after that, it will be uh, the monkeys versus One Direction. See, we oh, we're okay. on top of shit. Oh yeah, monkeys are big, and everybody's thinking about them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in the culture. They're in the they're in the wind, cultural wind right now. They're in the zeitgeist. Yeah, what with uh, Davy Jones dying a few years back, and uh, 9/11. Work inviting inventing whiteout. Yeah, Peter Tork and Ben Whiteout. Uh, Mickey Dolenz, I don't know what he's been doing. Probably probably just hitting on aging groupies. But, uh, if you'd like to write to us, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. If you'd like to write us a very nice review on iTunes, please do so, or just give us a five-star rating. If you uh, want to be a guest on the show, use the email address I mentioned previously, and also like us on Facebook and like individual episodes on Facebook. And one more thing is, um, I forget the last thing. Oh, tell, tell your, your friends, friends to listen. Yes. And since Pat wants to go uh, backwards at the end of this episode, now it's time for recommendations. Asians, Asians, Asians. Oh, I forgot Asians. about recommendations because I oh I do have a recommendation, but you can go first. first. All right. So my recommendation it's a uh, 
It's an anthology. It's called Troubled Daughters, Twisted Wives, Stories from the Trailblazers of Domestic Suspense, uh, edited by Sarah Weinman. And so it's it's a women mystery authors. I didn't really know that domestic suspense was considered a subgenre of anything, but uh, it's not. I, it's better than that makes it sound. And th- there's not very many authors that I was familiar with, so I want to like look up some of these women. Uh, this is in keeping with our our idea of reading only women and minority fiction authors uh, for a while. Um, but so there, there's like Patricia Highsmith and Shirley Jackson, who I'm sure everybody knows. And um, there's also uh, Margaret Millar, who was, uh, whose husband was Ross McDonald. But uh, ah, okay. other than them, I didn't know many of these writers. Um, so, and, and a lot of them were really good. A lot of these stories uh, a lot of them written. I mean, they're it, they're like written from the 40s up to like the 70s or 80s, uh, and it's it's a pretty slim book. Like you can read it really quickly. So, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation: Troubled Daughters, Twisted Wives. Sounds good. I think this week I will recommend Captara, a new comic book series. It's on its second issue. It's by Chip Chip Zdarsky which I think is a pseudonym and some other guys doing the art. I forget who, but they're calling it a gay saga. And it's just kind of a, a Star Wars type story, uh, science fiction, but it's a comedy. It's pretty funny. And the, the lead character is gay. and But it's not made a big deal. It's not like that's what the focus is, which is, is good. And it's the, the author is not gay, so it's not. But it, like he he they had an interview with him. He's like, it's unfortunate I'm not gay, which I don't know. I don't think he says it like that, but it would be funnier if he did. But he's like, I want this kind of character to be out there, and there's not enough gay comic book writers and authors, and I want. I think this should be a regular thing. So I, that's why I'm, that's why I created this character. And anyway, it's funny. It's funny and it's well written, and it's it's so far it's been a fun story. So that's my recommendation. Cool. Um. All right. Well. I guess that does it. R.I.P. Yep. Dave. Yes. And uh, and that's all I have to say. So uh, I guess until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Careless hands that wrap themselves
Your violent gift, I bottled it. Now it's gone. I've been broke.